That's what you do. So be still, my anxious heart. All that's gone is never lost. Emmanuel is here, and he is faithful. So I won't let my praises stop. I sing it from these troubled rocks. Cause I know you are good, and you are.
This morning, needed your presence, needed your lessons, needed your rest. Here. I believe my confession, reading your words so intriguing the depth here. Most of my stresses in need of more reverence. I can confess it, I've been more blessed than my peers. Comparison to my acquaintance got me feeling lesser. That's what my stress is. Wait, you gave this vacation, seeding me, never begging. Bills pay no debts here, but there's still some check to check here. My homie gave his life to Satan and VBS blaring. Wait. Why is it you not enough? Why is it I need the stuff? So high I reject the Dutch, but I seem addicted to what I can't clutch. Comparison, my thoughts too much. Received the word, made my announcement. Reject the world, sin, I denounce it. I saw the difference, this I went out it. Injected me back, cause I'm in ins, I'm out it. Checked on my black, it won't bend, it won't crack it. Checked on my facts and it ended my doubt. Safe house founder, we ending this traffic. Still march for Brianna, ending this traffic. I want the world, no division, outstanding. On creator's planet, where I'm gonna land it. While the fight for justice on, what I must settle justice and soul first, good enough. can is an attempt to validate me because i found a gaping hole in my father's absence was making because his drinking his vice is worth more than his firstborn baby i'm in my 30s it still hurts when i don't get my kids the best it feels worse and when i mess up then i get berserk but i just want the pain in feeling cursed if i could just just make make when they make it it ain't making it what if folk we think it need a major shift like what if we arrange the tips with the scripts given saying we can change the gift and shoot it and it's making sense this my recompense christ traded on my behalf value exceeded my past he reached our time and space covered the gaps meaning that he closed the gaps heavenly father says spider that i'll be your dad i am so you always had sometimes i want to get away so bad but what i want in heaven i already had that's good enough Good morning, New Life. God is in this place, and we're excited to worship Him with you. 
My name is Stuart, and I'm the Discipleship and Connections Pastor here at New Life. Let's check out all the awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. Can you believe it? Spring is coming, and we're only a month away from Easter. On April 17th, we're celebrating Jesus' victory over sin and death through his resurrection with three services, 9, 10, 15, and 11:30. We all have difficulties, pain and hurt, sometimes by our own doing. But thankfully, at just the right time, while we're all still far from God, Jesus died so that we could have life in him. So whether you've been in church a million times or you're still trying to figure this whole thing out, we want you to know that you're invited. We know it can be nerve-wracking walking into church, especially for the first time. If it's your first time here, thanks for joining us. We would love to connect with you and get to know you better. One way you can do that is by filling out our digital connect card. Head to newlifenaz.net and click on the connect card link. Also, head out to the welcome desk in the lobby after the service. We've got a gift for you just to say thank you for being here. We're so excited to meet you. We believe that when someone encounters Jesus, their life is radically transformed. In fact, it's one of our driving forces here at New Life. Transformation through Jesus Christ is our goal. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you through baptism. To sign up for our next baptism service on May 1st, head out to the kiosk in the lobby or sign up on our website. We look forward to celebrating new life with you. Jesus is our focus, and we are committed to providing a space for you to meet with him. If you're a young adult or a college student, Young Adult Life is having a worship night on Thursday, March 24th. This will be an awesome opportunity in the middle of all the, the noise, the busy schedules, jobs, relationships, classes, to set a time for you to spend with God. So come hang out with us for dinner at 7 p.m. with a worship night to follow at 8 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. And we're so thankful for you. We are thankful for the way that you are allowing God to use you to make a difference right here in our community through your generosity. If you're interested in giving, you can give online at newlifenaz.net. Click on the giving link. You can give through the offering boxes at the back of the auditorium, or you can give through the church center app. God is working right here at New Life. Thank you for helping us do good and share the hope of New Life throughout the Mount Vernon area. The creator of the universe is here and he is worthy of our praise. Let's stand and lift our voices as we sing to him this morning.
Um, hey, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 19. It's over in the Old Testament, and if you don't have a Bible with you or you can't find it, we'll show it here in a few minutes up on the screen. Hey, just before I get to preaching, we have our newest member of New Life Church of the Nazarene here, Palmer. Where is Palmer? I saw them come in this morning. All the way in the back. Okay, hey, hey, I hope I don't embarrass you guys to death, but do you care to introduce yourselves and our newest member? Yes. How much did he weigh? Oh, come on, Zach. All right. Zach, how long was he? Uh, Uh, <laughs> hey, well, let's make Palmer welcome this morning, and congrats, you guys. Zach, you did better than I did, or than I would have. Yes, always glad to embarrass people. And, um, also, hey, this Thursday night, I, I think 7 o'clock, I think that's right, um, we are having a young adult worship night right here that Caleb who was just up here and a bunch of other college students are going to be leading in a worship night that's pretty awesome right you know what else is awesome they're gonna have food so even if you're not into a worship night yeah, yeah there's the applause uh, they're gonna have food I think pizza or something like that uh, but it's going to be good, and if, if you're not really in the category of young adult, you know, like, I'm probably going to slide in, so, uh, you know, no one's going to kick you out. Um, you know, so if you're high school or young adultish like me, and you're like, man, I just want to sneak in for some of that, uh, man, we'd love to have you. This Thursday night, 7 o'clock, tell your friends about it. All right, well, we're, uh, we're starting a series talking about a guy by the name of Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. Elisha. All right, now let me, let me give you some context here over these coming weeks as we talk about this guy. There was a guy by the name of Elijah. Everyone say Elijah. Elijah. Not to be confused with Elisha. Okay, and no, I'm not going to do that the entirety of the sermon. It, it, I'll do it a couple more times, but it just feels weird after so many times. <laughs> Elijah was one of the great, great prophets of the Old Testament. He was bold. He was daring. He was full of faith. We, if you read Elijah about his life, I mean, there's just these awesome miracles and stories uh, he stood as a man who, who trusted God, one who anticipated God fulfilling his promises. And in the process of Elijah's life, we see these miracles, right? Now, Elisha wanted to be like Elijah. Um, and, and Elisha was bold enough to ask for a double portion of what Elijah had, 
the anointing of Elijah. And God actually gave um, Elisha a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And Elisha actually, even though Elijah is one of the first big name prophets that come to our mind if you've read much of the Bible and maybe some others, but it's Elisha who has more recorded miracles in Scripture than anyone outside of Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this guy is that he was very ordinary, um, just like you or me. He, he wasn't the son of a priest. He wasn't a monk. He wasn't some sort of a spiritual giant. He was an ordinary guy who was living at home with his parents, working on the farm, and then God calls him to something that's pretty incredible. Now, let me give you the context. This, this would have been around the 9th century B.C. In, in a time when Israel, the nation of Israel, was very divided. Uh, this was a time, some of you, if, if you've read much of the Bible or if you grew up in church, you've heard of this. If you haven't, this may be the first time you've heard this. Uh, there were a lot of people worshiping this false god by the name of Baal. And so God raises up this ordinary guy, Elisha, to do just some incredible things. So this is where we step into 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Verse 20. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Verse 21. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his, now check this out, he took his yoke of oxen and what? Slaughtered them. He, he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So this morning we're going, and really over the next several Sundays, we're going to be looking at just an, some incredible faith that Elisha had, all right? But in this particular story, look at what's happening here in the second part of verse 19. Go back to that. Here it is. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th Pair. So Elisha is doing the same job that he had done probably since he was old enough to drive oxen, right? You know, in, in my mind, it's a little bit like, you know, when you have kids and you're thinking, oh, we got to start mowing the yard again this summer. Maybe little Johnny's old enough to do the push mower thing. Maybe he's not, but if he does, he might cut off his foot. He's just kind of at that awkward age, and we stick him out there and try it anyway. This this is probably about how Elisha was, you know, he was working on his parents' farm. You know, now, now picture the scene. Think of the monotony of just day in, day out. You're behind all of these oxen. You're with a plow. Just, you know, think about the smell every day. I mean, that's just your life. Think about the scenery every day of your life. Um, now, 
some of you may feel a little bit like Elisha. You, you know, you're not looking at the backside of oxen, but you're doing the same thing day in and day out and day in and day out, and it really gets monotonous. And, you know, you're going to the same job, you're working with the same people, you're doing the same thing. You know, maybe, maybe you're in sales, and so you make all the sales and you make the quota for that week, and then you turn around, and next week it's the same thing. You have the quota you got to meet and you make the sales and it starts over again uh, and you you just understand that monotony that Elisha was dealing with or or we have a number of students uh, with us this morning who are going to be here Thursday night at what time seven that's right um, and me and any of you who want to we're not kicking anyone out anyway you might be a student and and what, what do you sit there and say I do day in and day out? I, I study, I work to pay my school bill, I study, I work to pay my school bill, and it's just kind of this Groundhog Day thing happening in your life. It's like you're behind this yoke of oxen like Elisha was, just day in and, and day out. Those of you who, who are parents or have been parents of, of young children, um, what do you see all day long? Diapers, laundry, dishes. Diapers, laundry, dishes. And it just over and over and over again. And you start to lose maybe some of your passion throughout the day. And, and this is where Elisha was. Uh, but notice that Elisha was being faithful in the task at hand. God loves to reward us when we are faithful in the little things. Because the Bible tells us when you're faithful in the little things, God can trust you with what? He, yeah, he can trust you in the big things. And Elisha, even though it might not have been his favorite thing to do, uh, even though doing what he was doing could have been incredibly draining physically and emotionally and boring and all this stuff, uh, he remains faithful and God uses these little things in our lives to test our faithfulness, to test our integrity. You know, we, we tend to think that it's the big things in life, right, that helps create a leader. But that's not right. The, the big crises in life, yes, they reveal leadership, um, but it's, leadership is not built in the big things of life. It's, it's built in the, the small, consistent, faithful things of life. That's how a leader's built. And this is Elisha. And in the middle of being faithful with his daily task, God sends someone his way to take him out of this current situation he's in and move him to a place of high impact. Look at verse 19 again. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah, say Jah, went up to Elisha, say Shah, and his cloak around him. Now, what's that all about? Well, this cloak would have been like a coat type thing, maybe an animal skin or fur or whatever type of covering. That you know, this, you know, what Elijah did was he was taking his covering and he was placing it on Elisha and symbolically saying that that which covered me now covers you. That which was the mantle on me is now the mantle on you. That which I was under, Elisha, you now are under. You will be my student. I'll be your mentor. 
And as God has been working through me, Elisha, God's going to work through you. And he put his mantle, Elijah put his mantle or his covering on this young Elisha. That's a pretty cool story, right? But the question is, how does it apply to you, to me? Right here, Mount Vernon, Ohio, 2022. What's it mean to us? I want to show you two basic principles that we learn from this ordinary man, Elisha, who responded to this incredibly extraordinary call. Um, and, And God is going to call this Elisha to follow him. And God's not going to give Elisha all the details. He's going to give him very few details, right? He's not going to map it out. And so the first thing we learn from the story is that you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately, all right? When God calls you to do something, you don't have to understand all the details to obey immediately. You know, God allows us to either choose to do his will or not do his will, and often he asks us to make a choice without giving us a lot of detail on the plan. And, and I believe that part of the reason that is, is because God is developing within us a trust in Him, where we trust God's character, where we, where we trust God's benevolence. I don't need to know all the details of steps B, C, D, E, F. I just know that if God's in it, I serve a good God, and I'm in, right? That's what He wants to develop in us. So first, Elijah puts the cloak around him, and then check out what happens next in verse 20. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. Now, now stop here a minute. If this would have been me, my personality, if you know me very well, you know this is exactly what I would do. I would pull out a piece of paper and I would have following Elijah over here, staying and working on dad and mom's farm over here, pros and cons, and I would have just made a whole list from the big stuff to the little stuff, pros and cons if I go this direction, pros and cons if I go that direction and stay here. Elisha didn't have to do any of that. Elisha didn't have to consult with his career counselor about the decision he had to make, even though that's all good. I highly recommend it, right? All he did was say, You know, God, I don't know the details, but I know that you are in this. You are the one asking me to do this, so I am all in, and I'm going to follow you immediately. I'll obey immediately. So you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Uh, In fact, I would go as far to say that God will rarely, rarely give you all the details. And again, my personality type is, you know, God, I want the details. And God's going, you can't handle the details, right? Right? Uh, it, it, you know, Troy, if I showed you everything, you wouldn't show up. You know, I, I think back to 2001 when, when through a number of open doors, God was calling me to pastor this church. Man, I knew so, so, so very little, and I still know so very little. But I even knew less back then, can you imagine? But if God would have shown me the next 20 years of my life, there's a really good chance I would have said, uh, I'm out. There ain't no way. You know, this is crazy, right? God says, I'm just showing you the next step. Are you going to be obedient or not? 
God will sometimes guide us with just one word. Just one word. You, you know, in the Old Testament, whenever God was giving Moses direction, you could really summarize God's directions to Moses with one word. Go. Moses, go. You know, think of Abraham. You know, you could summarize God's direction or instructions for Abraham basically in one word. Go, right? Go to the land I'll show you. Go, G-O, right? Um, in the New Testament, when Jesus was walking on the water out toward the boat with the disciples in it, and, and Peter, who was the disciple that would speak first and then think about it later kind of a guy, he says, Jesus, if that's really you, ask me to come out there and be with you. And what's Jesus say? Come. You know, again, if I were Peter, I would have wanted to know, okay, do I jump in? Do I cannonball in? Do I step in lightly? How's, you know, I've never walked on water before. How's this going to feel? Do I have a hard time keeping? I would have, I would have wanted to know all that. And, and Jesus says, just come. There wasn't a lot of details given. Some of you may hear a single word from God this morning. You may be struggling in your marriage. And you're really wrestling with whether or not you're going to stay or you're going to bail out or, or whatever. And, and God gives you one word and he, he just says, stay. Just stay. You don't know all the details. I know it's difficult, but just, just stay. Um, or maybe you are experiencing some health situation and you got some diagnosis or the doctor is talking to you about something and, and the one word that God may give you is just simply trust. Just trust. Um, maybe some of you have a ministry idea. You feel like God's kind of prompting you to do this thing, this ministry, and, and you're like, you know, how's it going to work out? You know, who am I to do this? How do I move on it? What's the first step? And, and the first word God may give you is just simply, just, just start. Start. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Um, for others of you, um, maybe you've been hanging out for the, at, around the church for a while and You've been coming pretty faithfully, and you're starting to grow, but you're still just kind of in the grandstands observing, right? You've not really joined in with, right? And God may give you one word this morning. Commit, right? Commit. Just step out of the grandstands. Quit just observing and be a part of what God is doing here at New Life. Um, some of you may be praying about the future of your family and, and you hear God give you one word, adopt or foster. You're like, what? A boy, a girl, internationally, not internationally? What? You know, I don't understand. You don't have to understand all the details to take the next step. Or you may be this awesome single girl in our presence and you're dating a jerk. And everybody knows he's a jerk. Is that okay to call people jerks from the podium? <laughs> we all know it. He's a jerk. He's a loser, right? What's the one word that God might give to you? Break up with that loser, right? 
you might not say it exactly like that, but, and it's five words, but you get the point. But then you're sitting there going, well, you know, who am I going to marry? What if nobody else uh, better comes along? Uh, you don't have to understand everything to obey everything that God, to obey what God is telling you. Some of you are going to hear God say one word, whatever it is, and you're going to do, I, I don't know all the details, I don't know the steps, but I trust in God's goodness enough to know that he is in it, he's asking me to do this, and so I'm going to take the step of faith. And so thought number one is simply, you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Here's the second principle. And you got to think about this one a minute. Those God uses the most are the ones that hold on to the least. Now let that sink in for just a minute. Those God uses the most are the ones that God... You Wait, wait. <laughs> the God... Okay. Those, okay, say it with me. It's on the screen, right? Okay. <laughs> say it with me. Here we go. Those God uses the most are the ones. Okay, so watch what Elisha does in verse 21. So Elisha, and, and this is a big deal. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and what? Slaughtered them. Now think about this. These were the animals that gave Elisha his livelihood. And what does the Bible say that he did with the oxen? He slaughtered them. And then what's the Bible say that he did with the plows? Just to add to it, right? Scripture says he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat from the oxen. And they ate. He made a bonfire out of the plowing equipment. He took his what could have been his physically most valuable possession these oxen and he turned them into steaks for his buddy and they had buddies and they had a cookout and then he sets out to follow Elisha or Elijah and become his servant you know Elisha was saying you know God is calling me to go and follow this prophet to become a prophet to become like him maybe even to become greater than him so Elisha in his self-talk I'm sure is going so so what do I do Here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll kill the cows and I'll burn the plows. That's what I do. In other words, now think about that, what that means symbolically. I'm getting rid of plan B. I'm burning the bridge. There's no second option. The only option I have based on this decision I'm making right now to kill these cows and burn these plows is to follow God and I am not turning back. That's what Elisha did. Now, a, a moment of transparency. As a dad, if one of my kids would have come to me with all of this information and said, I'm going to go follow prophet or whatever, I'd say, man, you know, I'm, I'm so, so proud of your faith. Yes, go, go serve God. Yes, that's awesome, but keep your options open. You know, I, I'd be tempted to think that way. You know, if I were in Elisha's shoes, I would have been thinking, okay, yeah, sure, I'm going to follow God, but I'll keep the cows and I'll keep the plows because if that doesn't really work out, then I can come back and, right? That's not what he does. 
but, but what you see all throughout Scripture is that there are times when people in the Bible, they're so moved by God and His will for their lives that they do incredible things to follow Him, right? Think, go back to Peter. When, when Jesus approached Peter, Peter was having a bad, bad, bad fishing day. We know a bad fishing, a day of fishing is better than a good day at work, blah, 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 right? But, but he's having a bad fishing day. And, and this guy comes up, Jesus, and he says, Peter, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And Peter's like, who are you? What do you know? You are crazy. This doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but Peter does it, and the Bible tells us that the nets became so full of fish that they began to break. And Peter's like, I'm a sinful man. You're the Lord. And Jesus looked at him, and he said, hey, Peter, you're no longer going to catch fish. You're going to catch people. You are going to be a fisher of men from here on out. And, and the Bible says something just as strong as to burn the plows and kill the cows. The Bible says that the disciples left everything. Now, think about that. Contextualize that for your life. Leave my comfort zone. Leave my family. Leave my neighborhood. Uh, leave my church. They left everything to follow him. What would be really cool this morning is, praise team comes, what would be really cool is that God may want to give someone in this room or under the sound of my voice on the website, that God may want to give you a plow-burning faith this morning. That's big stuff. And just, just for clarification, make sure God is speaking to you if you're thinking about doing something like that. I, you know, I'm talking about the situation in your life where you go, there's no doubt God's calling me to this. I know that I know that I know that I know that this is the voice of God speaking into my life. And you leave where you are and you go where he wants you to go or do what he wants you to do. You know, there are times when you're so convinced that you burn the bridge because you're not you're not turning back. You don't need a, an option B. Something has happened in your heart. And you're like, I'm all in for what God has called me to. You know, you need a plow burning faith where you're willing to do whatever it takes to take the next step to where God wants you to go. So here's what I want you to do. I, I know this can be a little awkward for people, but it's okay. Look at the person next to you and go, hey, maybe you need to burn a plow this morning. Okay, let's all do it, right? All right? All right. Now, look at the person, look at the person who's on the other side of you who was your second choice and say, maybe you need to burn a plow. Decide, decide right now in this moment that you are not going to let anything keep you from God's will in your life, period. That even though you don't understand all the details, you are going to obey immediately. And you understand the fact that God uses those most who hold on to the least. Now, some of you are holding on to your security, and it's keeping you from God's best. 
You, you may be behind that plow and those oxen like Elisha was on that day, but today God is calling you to something greater. You might, you might need to say this morning, I am, I am willing. I don't want anything to hold me back. Even if it doesn't make sense in my brain, I'm going to choose to trust God this morning and I'm going to take that step. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to pray for you. And, and actually, as a, we're going to worship in a song that's just going to kind of be a continuation of the prayer, all right? It's not just singing. This is going to be a continuation of the prayer here in just a moment. But as I often do, I want to, I want to ask you, is there anyone that needs me to pray for you? Now, now I understand that God might be talking to someone this morning about some huge, big, dramatic, emotional thing in your life that's just a life-altering thing that he's calling you this morning, this morning and it's big and scary, and, and you're going to stand up and say, yes, I'm in. Or, on the other end of the spectrum, it could be, it could be something very small. You're a Christian, you love the Lord, but it's just something the Lord's speaking to you about, and it's something small, and and not really wouldn't seem that significant to others outside of you, but it's just something that God is calling you to take this next step in, whatever it is, whether it's something small, whether it's something huge, whether it's something in the middle. I want to pray for you. I'm just going to hold for a few seconds. Anybody just want to stand up right where you're at and say, that's me. I don't need the details. I just just stand up as symbolically saying, Troy, I want you to pray for me in this prayer. I'm just going to hold for a few moments. We had a number of folks in the first service stand up, say, I, I want to take that step, whatever it is. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? I, I, I feel God speaking to me about this, and I want, to, I want to just honor him and take that next step. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Anyone else? Troy, I want you to remember me in prayer this morning. Awesome. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? Awesome. This is awesome. Good stuff. Awesome. Back there. Amen. Anyone else? Now, if you would, I'd love to have everybody stand with us. Lord. Amen. Amen. Good. Everyone stand with us. Lord, you see these folks who are standing. I don't know what it is in their life, you know, again, maybe it's some big life-altering decision that they need to make, or maybe it's just something small and insignificant that is insignificant to others around them, but um, to them, maybe it's not insignificant. Lord, I, whatever it is, I just pray that you would help them now as they surrender that to you. And then, Lord, help us all, because I understand that Maybe there are some folks that you, you've not really spoken to this morning in this hour time slot, but you're going to use this to speak to them over the coming days or weeks or months or even sometime this year. And you're going to bring this back to them. And you're going to ask them, are they going to burn the plows? Lord, whenever that happens, may we all be in a position to say yes have your way in these moments and 
we're just going to continue in prayer as we sing this song. If anybody wants to come forward and pray at the altars, we'd love to pray with you. But let's just find him this morning.
Your life is great worshiping with you guys today. You are dismissed.